0: Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by Webex, by Cisco. I'm
1: Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Tuesday, June 7th, and we're bringing you real-time news. Fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts.
0: Here's the latest.
1: The Justice Department has issued another round of even more serious charges against several senior members of the Proud Boys and the far-right group's former leader Enrique Tarrio. Prosecutors accuse them of seditious conspiracy. There's new evidence, including text messages detailing their plans to intimidate lawmakers from certifying the 2020 election.
0: Voters are heading to the polls in seven states today for primary elections. In California, the LA mayor's race pits billionaire Rick Caruso against Representative Karen Bass. In Iowa, 89-year-old Senator Chuck Grassley faces little opposition in his bid for a sixth term. Meanwhile, all eyes will be on House races in Montana, New Jersey, Iowa, and California because they could shape the midterm elections in November.
1: Europe is basically telling Apple to zap its lightning port. The EU has agreed that all phones, tablets, and cameras must have a single charging port, specifically USB Type-C, by 2024. This is a huge blow to Apple, which makes a ton of money off its lightning connectors. Apple may circumvent this ruling, though. It's been rumored that future iPhones will have no port at all and only be charged wirelessly.
0: A U.S. judge has authorized the seizure of two of Roman Abramovich's private planes. The Russian oligarch flew his Gulfstream jet and Boeing Dreamliner, valued together at more than $400 million, to Russia in March. That went against U.S. sanctions on Russian power players for invading Ukraine. One of the planes is still in Russia, the other one is in Dubai.
1: New York is going hard on gun restrictions in response to the wave of mass shootings. Governor Kathy Hochul has signed 10 gun control-related bills into law. New York expanded its red flag laws to seize guns from people who pose a risk to themselves and others, and raised the age from 18 to 21 to buy a semi-automatic rifle.
2: So no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. Those days are over.
1: Be sure to leave a rating and review for The Refresh wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps others discover the show. Coming up, we talk to Rebecca Knight about Slack-splaining and why work messaging apps are both a blessing and a curse. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson survived a vote of no confidence from his own Tory party last night. He's in political and legal trouble after several instances when he ignored his own government's COVID lockdowns. So good news for Johnson? He says yes. As a government, we can move on and focus on the stuff that I think really matters. But a huge 41% of his own senior party members voted against him. Parliament watchers say he could still face growing pressure to resign.
0: Secretary of State Antony Blinken warns that Moscow is looking to sell huge shipments of grain stolen from Ukraine, and he's accusing the Kremlin of blackmailing countries in desperate need of food. Since Ukraine is one of the largest exporters of grain, the war has meant dire food shortages, particularly in Africa. But the U.S. warns that purchasing the stolen grain would violate sanctions against Russia and help fund its
1: war. Gun reform activists have planned a week of action to put pressure on Congress. Students Demand Action held a rally on Capitol Hill yesterday afternoon. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey spoke. How can we live in a society where we regulate everything from a license to drive a car to lottery tickets, but we cannot agree to even simple background checks for assault weapons capable of committing mass murder? It's unconscious. More protests and school walkouts are planned for the rest of the week.
0: Michigan State Police have the warrants they need to seize voting equipment and election-related records, that's according to Reuters. This is all part of a probe into Republicans and pro-Trump activists who've tried to gain unauthorized access to voting machines. Officials say they continue to make baseless claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election, and they've been trying to access the machines ahead of scheduled maintenance.
1: A federal judge in Oklahoma has ruled the state's lethal injection method is not cruel and unusual punishment. Nearly 30 lawyers for death row inmates tried to prove the first shot that's meant to reduce the pain of the second and third is not effective enough. Lawyers brought several experts to prove death row inmates still feel pain during execution and even called the method a quote, 21st century burning at the stake. But the federal judge says lethal injection is constitutional. You know that sound if you use Slack. It probably haunts your dreams. Work messaging apps like Slack can get exhausting. And Insider's Rebecca Knight says that's because we feel the need to overcompensate when chatting with coworkers virtually. She calls this Slack-splaining, and she's here to talk about it. Thanks so much for joining us, Rebecca.
2: Dave, always a pleasure, but I take issue with that. That little knocking sound does not haunt my nightmares. It it, it appears in my <laughs> loveliest daydreams. It's like a little woodland creature saying, hi there. Hi, someone wants to talk.
1: It's like a little hug from a coworker being like, hey, or a little, a little nudge. Yeah. So first, Rebecca, can you explain to our listeners what Slack-splaining is and if you use it? <sighs>
2: Yes, I use it a lot, probably too much. But slack explaining is when you are overwriting messages with overheated punctuation, two or three exclamation points, a question mark exclamation point, uh, abundant <laughs> emoji, and also maybe multiple sentences that probably don't quite need to be there. So that is what slack explaining is.
1: And so why do we feel the need to slack explain, though?
2: So the reason we're doing this is because we're not in person. If you and I were together in the same room, we'd be chatting and we'd be smiling at each other. We'd be nodding. We might move a little closer to each other when the other was making an important point. Uh, We can't do that over Slack and email and text. And so we feel the need to replicate what we'd be doing in real life in our digital
1: communications. And so what does this do to our mental health? Is this more negative?
2: It's sort of, it's a little bit of both, I would say. The idea is that it is taxing to have to do this, to have to say, particularly if you are talking to a colleague and giving some negative feedback or feedback that could be construed negatively and to have mm. to say, but I don't want this to necessarily ruin your day or, hey, I'm checking up on that project that we're both working on. How are you doing? But you don't want to seem like you're nagging your colleague. So it is, it's is—it's tiring. It's exhausting to have to think, how will the other person perceive this message? Whereas in real life, you would just say, oh, hey, how's the Johnson Project coming? And it wouldn't be any big deal. So that's what's tiring about it.
1: But some experts actually say that Slack planning is important and even useful. So why is that?
2: Exactly. For for exactly the reasons that you pinpointed is that it is showing another level of care and empathy and wanting to make sure that the other person knows you care about them and that you you are trying to make sure you're coming across in the way you want to come across. I myself favor the little winky face guy because I too am a little sarcastic and direct. And so I want to make sure that, oh, but we're both in on this joke together. We, we know what we're talking about here. And so that the, the the fact that I do that and you do that and so many other people do it too, it is showing that we are having empathy for our message. We're being mindful. We're being sensitive about how it's coming across.
1: So, Rebecca, the bottom line here, how do we effectively use Slack without getting burnt out with all of this? Like, how do we win Slack?
2: So I think that the experts we talked to, they talked about the sweet spot of communicating over Slack and email. And so they say it's at the intersection of empathy and authenticity. So being considerate to your team members, trying to think about their feelings of how your message is going to come across, while also staying mostly true to yourself. Because if you lean too far in either direction, you are going to increase your risk of burnout and exhaustion and disengagement for yourself, but also for your team.
1: Rebecca, it is always a pleasure.
2: So much fun. Exclamation point, exclamation point. It's
1: my favorite. <laughs> I love it. Rebecca Knight is a senior correspondent at Insider covering careers in the workplace.
0: Make sure to follow the refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show.
1: You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith.
0: And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon.